0: Hi, welcome. You are listening to Talking in Tangents. My name is Megs. My pronouns are she, her, and across the way is my co host. Brittany, tell me about yourself.
1: Hi, uh, my name is Brittany. I go by Brit. Um, my pronouns are she and her, but I'm okay with they, as I feel like they most often.
0: I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay with they. Just put it on a shirt. hmm
1: <laughs> <laughs> It rhymes. That's perfect.
0: All right. So, uh, Britt and I here. Um, first
1: we, episode.
0: This is our first episode. We're really excited. Um, having a podcast has kind of been on my mind for a few years now, and Britt was one of the first people that, like, I literally popped in my head. Was like, who would be down to shoot the shit and just talk? I'm surprised,
1: but thank you. Why are you surprised? (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's been a minute since I've done something like this. I mean, I've been in radio before, um, but definitely doing radio versus podcast, I think, is very different. Um, In a sense, like with the podcast, you kind of have to have an idea of what you're doing. But with radio, like if I'm having a hard day, I will just put on like an eight minute like post-rock song and that's what you get (laughs) i'm just like i'm i'm checking out now
0: love it yeah no i i just i've always loved kind of the way whenever we like got together either like at a concert or just hanging out with friends and stuff after work i feel like the conversations we've always had have always been pleasant and gosh like fucking hilarious so like
1: uh so guys (laughs) if you just wanted to step in on this always just uh that's what this podcast is here for uh doesn't really we're not really talking about anything particular yeah um we're talking just in tangents
0: we're yeah as in the name talking <laughs> in tangents i i kind of wanted to model it after like kind of i mean how Brittany and i met like it's you know an after work kind of shooting the shit let's talk about stuff
1: megan literally texted me one day i was sitting <laughs> on my couch at my grandmother's house saying hey you're dating my friend Let's hang out right now yes. at this bar. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. But sure, I'm down.
0: Yes. Why not?
1: Um, I had a lot of social anxiety growing up. And so, like, I've, in that in that moment, in, in every moment since I've moved to California, it's been such a, I'm from Texas, by the way, um, lived in three of the major cities, Antonio, Austin, Houston. Uh, when I moved to California, my biggest fear was, like, how am I going to make friends?
0: I... I'm one of those people that I call myself a very social introvert. I love people. Introvert,
1: extrovert.
0: I love people. <laughs> I love introvert. being around them. But at the same time, I am still very introverted. So it takes a lot for me to, like, really feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, with you, it felt different where I'm just like, let's just hang out, dude. Like, there's no pressure. There's no facade. Just chill. It's great. And that's and what you came up from the podcast, too. Yeah. And you... You kind of start to be yourself, and when you have those kind of people, and it's a very rare occurrence, so mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, who would I be able to, like, just sit, sit down and relax and just talk about random things? You yeah, like, literally talked about fart jokes today. All the fart jokes. I mean, like... Parts are funny. I don't care what anyone says.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I was raised very proper and we'll go into that later on as to why I was raised so proper. But that's um, why they're funny is because it's like,
0: oh. Why is your body doing that? Uh, yeah, it, that could be a whole other podcast. I mean, the whole prospect of like why you don't fart in front of someone until you really get to know them and now we realize
1: that we're going on a tangent
0: yeah so basically this whole podcast is really just us kind of talking about things and Mm -hmm. kind of literally it's the goal is on your ride home driving off of work heading to a bar heading home whatever we want to be your your buddies your roommates your hangout hey you want to go like just this is, I'm thinking about this random thing and, you know, and let's, uh, let's, let's talk about it. But, um, first let's talk about us. Yeah. So the first thing we want to do with, with really any episode is we want to do what we kind of call like a mental check-in. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure like, I mean, how, how, how are you doing? What is new? What is going on in your life? Positive, negative. Uh, there's, there's no bad feelings here. Yeah. Um, if you come in to this podcast, Brit, and you're like, fucking, I am, so tired, and work is dumb, and I'm sad. I'll be like, girl, fuck, I'm sad, too. I Have just sat
1: said anything, and you hit all the points. Right?
0: First, I'm going to ask you. Uh-huh. Brittany, how you doing?
1: How am I doing? I'm doing okay. I'm, like, at a, I'm a four out of ten right now, I think. But, uh, I, I feel like I can't go under a four because I'm a very positive person, always. But I get stressed out very easily. Um... So recently like I had a clerk leave my my workplace and it's a very small team. And so like I like work for sure, but like taking on more work has been like pretty stressful. Um so I'm doing okay. Uh I'm also a mom and so like that life in itself is pretty stressful. It's amazing at the same time for sure. Um but yeah, I'm definitely feeling like really meh and yeah if mer is a feeling that is how i'm feeling
0: kind of like that spread a little like that too much butter across a little too much
1: bread kind of yeah thing. exactly i know i'm doing bad because i'm regressing uh oh. for sure especially in my behaviors like recently i started um i know nicotine is bad smoking is bad don't do it <laughs> but i'm having a very bad time and so what does my brain say if you're having a bad time, you need to embrace all of the bad times. And what do you do in your bad times, Brittany? My brain said, "Brittany, you smoke whenever you are having a bad time." So yeah, I mean, I I, I feel that like
0: punk rock chain reaction. Megan is like, "Girl, I feel that." You just sometimes yeah. you just want to have a
1: cigarette in an alleyway, and you know. Yeah, I I remember when I first started smoking cigarettes was uh, when I lived in Austin, Texas. I graduated college. I didn't know what to do with my life, and um, I saw these older friends of mine who smoked cigarettes and they looked cool and they like didn't care what they were doing I'm like I don't want to care what I'm doing either I'm gonna smoke cigarettes anyway <laughs> I care what I'm doing but I think my brain <laughs> associates the two um so anyways yeah that basically sums up how I'm doing I'm I'm feeling stress and smoking cigarettes but overall optimistic. There is a calm at the end of the storm, and I'm approaching yeah. it. I felt good about I thought today was going to be the worst day ever at work, and it was okay. So that's good. How are you doing, Megan? How you doing? Hmm. Well, um, you know what? I'm I'm doing pretty good. That's
0: awesome. Um okay. work Work is strange. Mm-hmm. I love my job. I love what I do. But there's kind of a limbo in certain positions in what I do. And so I kind of... I'm not sure really how to like... I, th- I want to call it imposter syndrome. I'm very grateful with what I do for a living. And I think the problem is is when you actually achieve... I worked very hard for the job that I have. Um, I've been 16 years in the basically the industry that I'm in. I'm not going to talk about it because it's <laughs> none y'all business. But, um, you know, I, I've worked very hard. I'm in a very male-dominated field. I work with all men. Mm-hmm. And when I mean all men, I mean every time I go into the restroom, the toilet seat is up.
1: Forget and that. And there's
0: hair. There's two other women that work there, bless their hearts, <laughs> but they work in HR. Yeah. They're, they're not in the genre of me. So I'm, you know, either in my little lab or in my little corner, and I'm just kind of by myself. And so you kind of get a lot of imposter syndrome into, like, wanting to prove yourself constantly. So when you have imposter syndrome, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. So you'll be doing well, but then you mess up, and then you're like, I've screwed everything up. I am the worst employee. I'm going to get fired. So there's a lot of weird feelings about that, where some days are great, and some days I'm like, this sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of flailing. But at the same time, I, I know I'm doing good. It's just, it's weird. It's kind of a startup business too as well. So there's these weird things yeah. that really oh aren't my in gosh. my control. So uh, some things I really, there's it's literally out of my control. So I had a whole mm-hmm. conversation about like people expecting things from me, but then not giving me the, the whole story. But I digress. So it's like work is fine. Work is good. I'm very grateful that I've had a job throughout this whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. I have health insurance. I have 401k. Very mm-hmm. grateful. But I also get mildly jealous of people that are like, I'm just going to go do whatever. Ah, can I take a Wednesday off. I... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm or like they're a nine just like, to five. they go home and they don't think about work. God, I miss that. Dude, I, I miss being able to clock in, clock out.
1: Working yes. at a, when I worked at just, like, um, a coffee house, I'm just going to say it, uh, when I worked at a coffee house, I literally would go in, I worked at a low volume, like, literally, oh, like yeah, maybe 10 chill. drinks an just hour. Just hanging out. I was people's, fr- fr- I got paid to be, be, be people's friends. Like mm-hmm. people would come in, I would hand them a cup of coffee, they would sit at my bar, counter, space, whatever, and we would literally just talk for an yeah. hour. And that was my job, and I got paid to do it. I got paid to make coffee and talk to my friends, and it was the best job ever. Um, and now, uh, just to sum it up, uh, a few days ago, I see I am only 25. Yeah, I'm 25 years old, and therefore I get all my advice from reddit.com, which I should... <laughs> <laughs> ah! Oh,
0: man, I love that you called yourself out I right called there.
1: myself out. Um, I get my... Uh, advice from the internet because I'm too embarrassed to talking about it with my friends sometimes. And um, <laughs> well, I'm here now. I thank am, you.
0: And I I will be your advisor to the world. I am. Well,
1: let me tell you my question in my, too. My
0: wise in 32 years of age. Yes,
1: I'm, I'm still d- seven have years. No luckier, what doing. You know, it's a lucky number. <laughs> um, so I basically did a search saying, "How do I not think about work when I get home?" Because I got to the point, like, literally this morning, I woke up at 4 a.m. Not, Jesus, because I, why? not because I wanted to be awake, but because I was so stressed about my work day that I spent an hour in bed thinking about how I was going to process my day before I even got there. I'm like, this is work at home. And so I did a Reddit search and I was just like, how do I not think about work at home? And someone said it really well. And I'm just going to share this just because I feel like there might be someone who needs to hear it. Absolutely. Is like, what does it matter to you if your company makes 15% more in sales or whatever or in profits? Like, are you going to, is it worth putting 15% more stress on your life? Oh, They're like yeah. your life will be like this 15% of extra stress will affect your entire life um and like how you view your day to day. The 15% to the company is relatively nothing, you know. And yeah. like whose dream do you want to live for? Whenever you like teamwork makes a dream work. Well yeah, well whose dream? That yeah. someone told me that once and it literally like <laughs> like exploded my entire like psyche of like how I'm a pretty I'm a really hard worker and I'm very proud of my job. I love my job. But um, I also believe that, especially being an American, that we put a lot of stress on our job and that it, like, people ask kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're not talking about what kind of person you want to be. They want to ask what your job is. Like, I want to be a veterinarian when I grow up. And that's, like, supposed to be your life. And it's wild. And I I think it's uh, definitely something I would like to learn how to cope with and deal with. How like the work life balance is going to be a problem? Forever. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I and it also goes down. There's a lot of sayings
0: too where it's you know it, it doesn't become work if you're kind of do what you love, love what you do kind of vibe. And mm-hmm. I do love what I do. I feel very grateful. A lot of hard work went into it, so it's very well earned. It's more of I think I think this is probably just another episode on its own. But because mm-hmm. I am a woman in a male dominated field. Mm-hmm there is a lot of, like, proving yourself. And I've actually had, like, I mean, I'm very grateful. I have some of the best bosses that are, like, girl power. Yeah, we hired you specifically for your skills. Like, like I get it. So it's, so I, long story short, work is good. I'm mildly stressed. Work is good. Stress is bad. Um, one one <laughs> interesting thing that um, in my my life doings though is uh i got my first covid vaccine the other day woo,
1: woo, 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 woo. Woo! that's one of the good news i wanted to share speaking of like i'm just talking about all this negative stuff uh biden was saying that he expects that every adult should have access to a vaccine by may 1st isn't
0: that rad that's i got not mine. that far i'm very grateful i got mine uh my first shot a couple days ago on mm-hmm. tuesday um is it like a two dose type of yeah shot? i got the two dose one i can say that 48 hours later i feel good my arm doesn't hurt anymore um i don't see a microchip <laughs> i don't feel different i
1: still I, I think jesus is tight you don't hear bill gates doing i that? don't also shout out to our friend eric Um, for letting us borrow a mixer and a microphone. Next is gonna be um, we're gonna talk about some pop culture. Pop culture, what's going on in the world? The news, all the things. Pop, Pop 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 culture.
0: Yeah, this is where we we talk about things that we're interested in. What's going on in the world? That's cool, as well as. You know, TV,
1: movies, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. The ain't TMZ, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, we might talk a little bit about Meghan Markle, but not bad. enough to where it's like, no. dear God, please. No more. Like, if we all watch The Crown, we know.
1: All I know is that every time I, I didn't even go on Facebook, but like for the last few days when I did my daily check in with how grandma's doing, um, Meghan Markle was at the top of my timeline. It's yeah. like some, I've seen New York Times articles in English, Spanish, and probably Turkish at this point. Oh, yeah. It's just,
0: <laughs> it's, it's basically because she's now the new... Princess Diana. Princess Diana. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's she's being punished for not wanting to be necessarily a royal anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. Whatever floats her boat. Do you, girl. I haven't watched the interview yet, but... I mean, I've watched enough of The Crown as well as I am just a history nerd in general. So <laughs> I've seen I
1: seen Princess Diaries. <laughs> well, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> but I mean, like, the history, like, as a history nerd, I know enough about the royal family, not only British, but just in general. Monarchies are bonkers, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of weird stuff and protocol and things if you're not used to it. It doesn't make sense to you. So her coming into a whole new world, it probably blew her fucking mind. And things that are normal to us are not normal to them. And Mm -hmm. it's all just because of duty and honor and all. Oh, absolutely. But I'm I'm not British. I don't really know. But like from what I have gained as a viewer, I feel like this is her chance to kind of not necessarily live a normal life, but Mm -hmm. also there was a lot of toxic behavior. And I think she's probably like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. But what I enjoyed from the, the the clips that I've watched is she's been very, she's had a lot of decorum and like, has been very daintily toting around spilling the tea. Mm -hmm. Whereas Harry, who's been in the Royal family his whole life is like name dropping no, they did this, they did that. So he's the most willing to be, That's like... wild to me. Like, you know, a little bit more damning in his his mm-hmm. conversation. She still kind of wants to make friends and be like, well, you know, mm, be very polite about it. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, no, they did us wrong. So it's just, like, I... That's
1: good. I kind
0: of want to watch the interview, but then it's Oprah, so I'm like, hmm. I
1: know. Like, uh, I personally just wasn't a fan of Oprah... Only for the sense of I'm, I just like I'm not a fan of sensationalism. Sensationalism, is yeah. The yeah, word yeah. that was uh, why I was
0: avoiding it. You knew that interview cost money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, mm-hmm.
0: The actual monarchy, quote unquote, it's figurehead. It's it's not. Yeah. They don't make a lot of decisions. It's like the mm-hmm. prime minister. It's whatever their British version of the court or some shit wherever they wear all the wigs. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> They're still We do. We're not British. We're not British Do we have at any all. British lit- listeners in the future? I'm so I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm so, so sorry.
0: sorry. Um, oh, I love you. me. You're great. Um, <laughs> but from what I've observed and kind of gotten from my YouTube history spirals late at night when I can't sleep, is the queen kind of has a meeting with the prime minister. They talk about things. She, can't, she has no final say in uh-huh. anything. She gives advice to said prime minister. He uh-huh. makes all those kinds of decisions. Uh-huh. The monarchy itself is kind of like a symbol kind of thing. But you know, I could be wrong. Please <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. For,
1: for me, it reminds me of when my grandma gives advice to my dad because obviously my dad is making his own decisions. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <this is> exactly <laughs> what the modern is. It's an
0: old lady with her purse, and she always carries <laughs> her purse with us. My grandma her. carries a purse too, yeah. So, like, they make a joke about it. Well, maybe not a joke about it, excuse me, she's so old. She, the Queen of England, always has a purse on her, and it's—I think it's just her age and her time period that she came from. She always has a purse. Does she always have a corgi? It's purse? like a little clutch. No, corgi won't fit in said <laughs> purse. It's <laughs> a should. tiny purse. It has to match her outfit. She's That's very matchy-matchy, cute. and she says she doesn't go anywhere without it. So you—you you see her with always with a handbag. Aww. And um. The other thing you'll notice with the monarchy is the queen is always monochrome and she's mm. always in a bright color and it's yes. because they want to spot her. Fuchsia. Make sure well, there's the queen right there so mm. the citizens can see her as well as, you know, you know, security and stuff.
1: One thing that I wanted to talk about and right before we started the podcast, I had to watch the trailer. The show we started watching and uh, finished up until its most recent episode was Hammy's Tale. And uh, Human's Tale is a very, very, very intense show, especially as a mom, as a woman in general. It is very triggering. It's very, oh, just emotional around. And also it's wild that this book was written pre- like, 2016, I believe. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I want to say it was at least. I mean, I, I don't know. On... Actually, like, this is why it's so great to have this yeah. computer right I mean, in front of me.
0: Henry's Tale has definitely been in my radar. Um, I'm an avid reader. Mm-hmm. I love reading. Um, I used to work at a Barnes & Noble back in the day. It was one of my first jobs.
1: Yeah,
0: it's an old-ass book. Old. So when I worked at Barnes & Noble as my first job, mm-hmm. when I got paid, like, seven dollars an hour to stock books and shit yeah
1: um
0: it was always on an end cap and uh, margaret atwood who's the author yes. i mean she she penned a novel that really kind of stood the test of time and it's the tv show has been on my radar mm-hmm. um i've skimmed through the book a couple times just as a young adult and then kind of wanted to get back to it and then the show started um it was one of those those series that i definitely wanted to commit to but Mm -hmm. i never could necessarily pull the trigger especially when it comes to very serious topics i know a lot of things can be triggering for people Mm -hmm. uh rape is definitely a triggering thing for me Mm -hmm. so it was something that i was like man i really like i mean i'm a feminist to my fucking core Mm -hmm. like you know The main character in itself is so punk rock as can be. Absolutely. Just just watching that trailer with you, I was like, yeah, she's getting the guns. She's ready to fuck shit up. (laughs) Like, you know, damn the man, save the empire kind of shit. And I'm here for it. I'm Uh absolutely here for it. I just get nervous for a lot of stuff. And then at the same time, it's, you know, I bet if once I dive into it, I'm sure I'm going to be obsessed.
1: TV is Um, just doing, I think it's... Especially during the quarantine period when we can't do anything or uh, go out and experience things, having movies and television to experience things from the comfort of our home is kind of nice. Yeah, it's a nice
0: mixture of new and nostalgia, I think, mm-hmm. is kind of the thing. Absolutely. <sighs> but yeah, we'll be talking more nostalgia in a, in a hot minute. In a minute.
1: So, in that case, let's go, let's turn it on to our commercial break megan uh who's who's our sponsor for this uh this episode
0: (laughs) well we don't have a sponsor yet not yet but um if if you do want to sponsor us i'm sure we'll have some links at some point somewhere on our five dollars yeah Alright, so we're back Thank you, whatever sponsor Eventually gets to that point <laughs> Right now, uh, we're unsponsored So please, Venmo us some money So we can keep doing this But anyway, um, we're just going to do a little quick Quick check-in for our beverage So What in are we drinking today? Yeah, what are we drinking? So I actually found this at Trader Joe's my, my, One of my favorite places to go And it's a uh, snoop dogg's wine uh what's it called 19 crimes cali red and it has
1: snoop's little little face on it that's uh, 18 crimes more than i've done yeah (laughs) (laughs) depends what you consider to be a crime i know that's why this i just assumed i've done one (laughs) (laughs) only one (laughs) only one
0: crime i mean
1: yeah uh it depends on what you view as a crime. But it has a very nice portrait of Soom Dog on it. I know, it's very nice. It's well Cali done. Red.
0: Um, but yeah, I literally saw on whim and Trader Does does what it does best. And it it's puts good. it on an end cap and was like, Here, buy this and then I saw his face and I literally, you know, behind my mask went
1: <laughs> My favorite snorted, part was like, the cork. Yeah. The cork also has <laughs> a portrait. A Snoop Dogg on it with and, hunting Crimes. You know,
0: I'm no wine expert. I'm no sommelier here, but I mean, just for a basic red,
1: pretty good. Pretty freaking good. I'm a cab girl. A Cabernet Sauvignon. Su- yeah, su- su- fai- this Sauvignon. Su-
0: I mean, su- I think it's this is some sort of cab.
1: But what I'm drinking today is actually a hard seltzer because I'm that bitch who's not drinking beer right now. Um and uh, because I feel like hard seltzer has just been all the rage since like what two years ago. I mean, it's freaking delicious. It's good. It's good, I mean, and doesn't make you feel full after That's this all, wine. I want to I... eat my spaghetti and drink my
0: yeah. You drink. know, what? after after this wine, you know, I'm I, I'm gonna be partial to this this seltzer as well. So mm-hmm. No hate, no hate.
1: Um, so this drink is actually from a local when I say local, uh, in Orange County, Anaheim, California, brewery called Brewery X. It's a hot spot. Uh, it's actually brewery. Pretty dang new. It was established in 2018 here in California. But they've been doing some really cool beers, really cool beverages. One of them, the one I'm drinking tonight, is called Zombie X, which is appropriate for how I'm feeling uh, after a long work week. I am literally a zombie. It is midnight, but... I don't care because I'm dead inside. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's a hard seltzer ma- made with real fruit, is what it says. Uh, it's definitely got taste notes of um, papaya, pineapple, passion fruit. It's a really tasty beverage. If I was drinking this like in Hawaii on the beach, I'd feel a lot better about it. Yeah. But for right now, you know what? It, gives, it makes me pretty happy.
0: And uh, not to not to be an AVB queen, but uh, I'm noticing that ABV oh, on there yes. is pretty high for a seltzer. What do you
1: mean? Uh, seltzers. <laughs> so, yeah, she's right. <laughs> seltzers are usually around like, what, 5%? 4%? Yeah, usually around a 5%. Guess what this is at, guys? Ooh. A total 10 percent for a hard seltzer can you believe it it doesn't mean that it has less calories in any way shape or form it's definitely got the 255 the
0: alcohol kicks a little more i mean an an, an ipa an ipa is like an um, eight percent um along with my nerdiness of just general uh general nerd stuff like comic books random history facts Mm -hmm. movie trivia i'm also a big beverage nerd And beer is my jam. We'll save that for another episode. But uh, yeah, no, I'm stoked you brought that because they're one of my favorite spots. And Mm -hmm. uh, they make really good seltzers, really good beer. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) one of the things that I think they pride themselves on, don't quote me on this, but like the ABV content is like really up in there, which, you know, it it does the job, does the trick. I don't consider anyone to be a true beer purist until you've, really tasted everything. You gotta have your Miller light, your bud light, whatever. I mean I you know something hazy is great, something hoppy is great. But I mean give me a crispy Mm. boy all fucking day. Like I want a lager that's just crushable sometimes. You know, it's not every day that I want heartburn from a sour or, you know, diarrhea from a stout. No Oh my
1: God. So you know sometimes you just want something simple. Something. Really. Speaking of simple, simpler times. Yeah. Let's go back. We're gonna go like, back. For me, Back in the time machine. Back in the me, magic school bus. twenty years. Yeah. It's uh. It's our childhood. Yeah. It's well, our childhood. It's filled with many magical things. It's filled with outdoors, playing outside in the cul-de-sac on the streets, bike rides, um, barely any homework. Uh, Play-doh yeah. eating it. Oh, can you imagine salty? You, like I Ah oh, yes. Anyway, okay, so yes, the reason why we're talking about childhood is that we only kinda of want to talk about um so we're talking about TV, we're talking about television live streaming. There's a time in which television was important, like actually on a TV from a satellite, from a dish, from a cable, from your public antenna. broadcasting network. Yeah. PBS. I did support PBS. I think PBS was very, very important. For any child growing up, especially if you didn't have, uh, there's no for even in, like, no. We we both grew up in a time where internet really wasn't a thing. We we didn't have cocoa melon. We didn't have, we
0: didn't have um, yeah the
1: I've... random simple songs, YouTube videos that the kids nowadays have. We had public broadcasting station.
0: Yeah, yeah. some sort of. Access to children programming was mm-hmm. kind of part and parcel to our age group. Yeah. Um,
1: giving parents a break, giving yeah. kids a learning lesson. And
0: uh, one of the things that kind of, you know, what made me want to talk about this conversation mm-hmm. is just kind of, as young adults that we are now, I wanted to talk about kind of the impact in general as a whole. Like mm-hmm. of, like early memories, things that impacted you as a child why it impacted you, absolutely. Um, just memories, uh, pleasant, unpleasant, as well as you know, like growth. Why these things were so important, as yes. well as like why, what made you into the adult you are today.
1: So talking about like what I grew up with, um, how it impacted me today. Um, so my family, we we watched a lot of public television. Um, PBS was very instrumental in my growing up. Um, I didn't really watch Nickelodeon, Disney Channel until so I was closer to like fourth grade. Um, so before that, it was a lot of public broadcasting shows. That uh, includes like Little Bear, Franklin. Um, but one that like, really, really stuck out to me was um, Mr. Rogers. Aww. And Mr. Rogers was a huge advocate for public broadcasting, like children's shows, because he thought and believed and it's true that um, television can be very important and there are a lot of lessons that children need to learn um and then having a television program that adheres to like the morals that you want to teach your children it can be very important instrumental in building like a better generation and so I remember watching a lot of Mr. Rogers as, as a kid like learning to love your neighbor learning to treat people kindly with patience I remember he oh, wore yeah. the sweaters that his mom knit him. My mom gave me a birthday present once, and it was a tricycle. One thing that... uh Mr. Rogers would do is that he would take you to like factories where things were made. He would show you the crayon factory. One day he showed us the Red Rider factory, I think it was. Yeah. And then I got a tricycle for my birthday. My mom, like, she didn't write that it was from her. She said, "Oh, this is from Mr. Rogers." Oh and, my God! Like, That's as so cute. Kid, I thought that was the coolest thing ever because Mr. Rogers literally was like if not an uncle, like a grandpa figure to me, because especially like I live in Texas, Um, all my family's from California. So I didn't see my family. So like Mr. Rogers was like a grandfather figure to me. Not that I didn't love my grandfathers at all. They were very important in my life as well, um, even from afar. But Mr. Rogers was someone that I could see every day, look up to. And he was such a kind person. Even whenever I heard about his death, and I heard this about other friends as well, when they heard about his death, later on in life like we're emotionally impacted which is like not a common thing like i feel like you're only really impacted if someone truly is like a bright light in your life like if people felt the same about robin williams whenever he died because he brought so much joy to people's lives and then whenever he passed away some people devastated and like would were cried for days and with mr rogers is the same thing um but it wasn't always like <laughs> just like roses and love thy neighbor. Um, it was a lot of uh, I said that I didn't get to watch like Disney Channel, Nickelodeon until later on in life, but for some reason I also watched a lot of Pokemon growing up. Um, so as even though I had like this like kindness uh, factor in my life with Mister Rogers, I also had like this very competitive. A spirit with um, Pokemon. And also, (laughs) I just remembered one other um, show that I watched as a kid that really, really impacted the way I am to this day is Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. And I say this because literally I am Pooh. I am (laughs) but a simpleton. I like food. I like to be kind. And I don't always get things, but in the end I make things work. Just like Pooh. And I always say, I always try to keep things polite. Like, my mom drilled manners into us so hard and learning from little British Pooh Bear. I'm not sure if he was British in general, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, an English, it has an English origin. Yeah, the
0: origins are definitely English.
1: Yeah, so um, I I learned a lot of manners and mannerisms from Pooh. And people to this, like, to this day, it plagues me just, like, how I strive, and maybe it's Mr. Rogers too, but I strive to be kind. I always, like, have my manners, and I treat them very important to me, and now I'm showing this to my daughter as well. Always saying your please, your thank yous, pardon, stuff like that. I don't yeah. even know if, like, poo put that into me. For some reason, I, my brain associates it. Like, that. this is the reason why I am the way I am. And it, it, it's crazy because, like, whenever, like, for example, I'm showing Ellie... My daughter's name is Elliot. Whenever I show her these shows, like, I'm just like, okay, here's something to, like, give me time to wash dishes, to make dinner. But really, it's like, okay, what we're showing our kids is going to stick with them for a long time. Like, I remember these shows from when I was four years old.
0: Yeah, they're impactful. And I feel like, especially at a young age, I know... There's a lot of stimuli and a lot of internet that's going on in the world and there's a lot of rich and really good children's programming that's going on that's modern For but sure. at the same yeah. time there's not a lot of there's not as much of a filter as there used to be and I mm-hmm. feel like I don't necessarily want to hide things from children but at the same time funneling in good messages mm-hmm. are always super important
1: Absolutely
0: and I I love that you mentioned Winnie the Pooh because my my little brother who's around the same age as you, uh, loved Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. And he would watch it daily. Mm -hmm. In fact, we would get mad because it was like he would watch it on repeat and we'd push the little VHS tape and rewind it and then he would watch it again. And my sister and I were like, well, we want to watch what we want to watch. But my mom was like, no, let him watch it. It makes him happy. He's like, you know, a baby. And we would have to sit there and watch it so All of the Winnie the Pooh episodes, I basically have memorized in my brain. And I'm now going through them all. And they're still, even though they were for my little brother, I Mm -hmm. didn't want to admit it at the time. But I still loved watching them. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, there's something about it where it's just a delightful, calming conversation. But also just the... Little characters and everything. I mean, the little heffalumps and the little woozles. You know what? You know what I'm going to propose?
1: It's like, so I, whenever I became a parent, I'm like, this is my excuse to rewatch all of the films, Mm -hmm. all of the movies, all the shows. Disney Plus exists now that you get to watch like shows from, oh my gosh, I watched a show the other day that only existed for two years within my childhood and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, And so, like, I'm just trying to tell you guys, and I'm sure, Megan, like, you already are past this, too, is, like, you don't have to wait to have kids to relive, like, these happy moments in your life or these, like, instrumental parts of your oh, life. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter
1: how old you get. If something brings joy... If you don't watch... Yeah. If it sparks joy, freaking watch it. When oh, the yeah. pain makes you happy, who cares? The other
0: day, I... Occasionally, when I can't sleep, I'll put on some random YouTube videos that oh. ranges from... Random history tangents to um gosh, music videos, things like that, um, random little segments. I mean, now I have Disney Plus, but before I would type in random little scenes from mm-hmm. different Disney movies. And um oddly enough, the Heffalumps and Woozles as well as the Pink Elephants <laughs> from Dumbo Ooh, was oh, yeah. very much on my kind of white noise but still like visually i don't know if i would call it calming especially no like, not the Heffalumps and woozles and the pink elephants it's a lot but yeah. like something kind of just floating into the abyss uh-huh. into my brain but yeah i don't know if it's something about uh, winnie the pooh really just is like it's it sparks a lot of innocent childhood I mean if you think about it it's just a little boy in his imagination
1: cute which is delightful Christopher Robin Christopher Robin so you said your brother was really into that what about you well what, what, what were your childhood things oh
0: gosh shows I mean my earliest memory of like childhood things and it still resonates to this day
1: mm-hmm.
0: but uh I love a Muppet my friend <laughs> um Sesame no, Street a, a muppet. muppet, they're very different. If you if you think a muppet is a puppet, I will fucking fight you. <laughs> um, I am very passionate about said product, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, obviously, Sesame Street is the earliest thing. It's the earliest in general. It's been around since gosh, what the sixties? No,
1: here I'll look that up while you're talking. But uh,
0: yeah, no, I I also grew with a lot of public broadcasting stuff. We didn't really have any cable or internet Mm -hmm. kind of things until, gosh, until I was like 13. So basically publicly broadcasting network was kind of my access. We occasionally had some VHSs that we would purchase later in life or rent back in the blockbuster days. 1969. Yeah, 69. So in the 60s. So yeah, Sesame Street was kind of my first introduction and what I loved about Sesame Street and kind of what made it so monumental to children's programming was it was this one woman that was like what can we bring to educate children
1: absolutely yeah
0: and make it more accessible to children of you know you know poorer means Mm -hmm. and they created this program that's been going on since you know the 60s essentially and have done things that you just They've broken barriers when it comes to children's programming, whereas their goal was to kind of create something in between kindergarten Mm -hmm. and teach people letters and numbers and things like that. But it became so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And it started talking about stuff where it was, you know, there was a character that was the first, you know, Latina actor that was on TV. She -hmm. was on there for like 17 years. And she was there for her whole, like, basically her whole life. There was one girl that was one of the two characters, got married, and then mm-hmm. had kids, and then she became on the team. So, like, these these characters, quote-unquote, really lived on that street, so to speak. They Once they kind of got hired in, it was a a life that they actually brought to it. Gotcha. And, um, you know, we're talking about, like, people of color, um, you know, people with disabilities, there was an actress that would talk in and do um sign language. So ASL. Yeah. So like the first time we're gonna see ASL on T V, the first time we're gonna see um someone with autism. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a Muppet that actually they had an autistic Muppet. Yeah. And um that was one of the newer ones too. Yeah. So they, they they want to show the world and show all these kids like like things aren't perfect. You know, but not just that; it's it's more of um, bringing life to something and mm-hmm. kind of talking about real things, but also learning. It was actually one of the first TV shows that talked about death,
1: yeah, um,
0: and actually brought it down to a child's level. So Absolutely. Big Bird, for a perfect example, is a very innocent character, um, and it's supposed to be almost like this—you know, it's this big, big ass bird. Essentially, mm-hmm. he's over seven feet tall, but yeah. he's still very childlike. Mm -hmm. And so he relates to a lot of the children characters as well as the children watchers. So when one of the characters back in the 80s, Mr. Hooper, who owned the grocery store, Mm -hmm. he passed away in real life. And it was one of the first times that a television show was like, well, what are we supposed to do? He's passed away. Do we write him off? Does he move away? And they they did. Exactly. They chose to not brush it aside. They chose to actually discuss the situation
1: yeah,
0: and um, kind of used Big Bird as being like, oh, well, you know, he's gone to, you know, this and that. And I really talked about death in a way that made sense to a child, but also was very kind and yeah, understanding. Absolutely. And absolutely. It was also um, one of the few episodes that talked about racism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that was in, like, gosh, like the 90s uh so well, the, mr
1: rogers kind of did that too yeah. in a sense like kind of like going back to like treating like love thy neighbor almost and like they they had like a black mailman and he just like hey like he yeah. looks different than me but like and that we're was a friend that
0: was a big deal it was a mm-hmm. big deal for public broadcasting it was a big deal for any kind of children's show so mm-hmm. to have shows like mr rogers and like sesame street portraying these things as like this is what's going on but also like not shoving it yeah as an aggressive it like, really bringing it down it like,
1: for what it is yeah
0: bringing it down to a child's level but i mean gosh like there was an episode where they talked about you know marriage and having wow. a new baby and like what that means if you're a little kid like if you have a sibling like yeah. oh and there's a new baby there was even um uh, a breastfeeding episode. Yeah. they had was the, one of the few times women actually was breastfeeding. There was
1: a YouTube video. So, like, Sesame Street, they have their episodes that are uh, broadcast on television. And they also have um, a series that is just uh, posted to YouTube. And whenever Elliot, uh, my daughter, started watching uh, YouTube videos, we came across Sesame Street YouTube. And there was an episode about a character whose mom was a drug addict. And they're kind of explaining to this Muppet that, hey, like your mom's going through some stuff, but it doesn't mean that she doesn't love you. And that just was like, so wild to me because i know especially now during covid like with uh drug use going up with alcoholism going up like there are probably there's probably a lot of kids out there who are seeing their parents in rough places and it's like hey like just because your parent is suffering doesn't mean that they don't love you it just means that they're going through yeah
0: i mean if you visualize like the sesame street characters as being kind of like a almost not all of them but some Mm -hmm. of them to be kind of like child like people yeah so it was a way for the child to relate and understand but also have it be like oh okay that makes sense
1: it's why they always
0: teach kids when you're gonna you know discipline or whatever or or even just talk to them about something getting down onto their level and understanding it's genuine yeah it's genuine so one of the things that um just looking through is you know they not only wanted to educate and learn the abcs but really just kind of Make people better, pe- like make you know, kids better people. Talk about stuff like yeah. different languages, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, if you know sign language, different races, different cultures. Having children be like, hey, this person believes something and different than I, I do. Them
1: either. It's yeah. not. It's not like stuff that, like, for example, I could put on uh, a video that is just meant to distract my kid and get them to focus on the song, whatever. It's like it is teaching them a lesson. It's not just. Garbage, I guess. Yeah, or it, jargon. Just ignoring. it's also not
0: pandering either. They're yeah. not trying to just you know say the things in order to like, you know, prove a point or whatnot. It's more mm-hmm. of just like showing a growth and being honest with children. One of the things that I found fascinating was, um, there was one character, it's just the big elephant, Mr. Snuffleupagus. Oh my gosh! So for a very long time, for about <laughs> fifteen years, he was imaginary. So Big Bird only interacted with him because he was an imaginary character essentially but they changed it after a while and made snuffleupagus be visual to everyone else because big bird would in the past tell people like oh yeah this is my friend mr snuffleupagus oh you're crazy whatever they didn't believe him because he was imaginary quote unquote but they changed their mind because there was during that time in like the 80s and early 90s there was a lot of child abuse cases and they wanted to show children that, hey, if you tell an adult something, they will believe you. Like, bringing in that trust of, like, you know what, your words mean something. Mm-hmm. And um, I found that especially poignant because I was like, oh, gosh, like, that's the reason why they changed it to be like, oh, I can actually see Mr. Snuffleupagus. Oh. You're telling the truth. Yeah. So it kind of reinstituted that belief that, like, you can trust your parents. You can yeah. trust people that are important to you. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. don't trust strangers, but like instituting like we didn't they didn't want to perpetuate the myth like don't tell adults things yeah. that are important kind of stuff. And I was
1: just like, wow, that's that's it's heavy. So, I have a question. What's mm-hmm. the difference between uh the Muppets in Sesame Street and the Muppets? Muppets, Muppets.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> there is <laughs> I uh, watched so many documentaries on all this to really double check all my stuff. So Mm -hmm. Sesame Street puppets are Muppets. And what makes a Muppet is Jim Henson mainly. Um, Jim Henson created these puppets that are now Muppets. Uh And the the Muppet show is just a separate entity Mm -hmm. of that type of Jim Henson company essentially. Yeah. Uh, Sesame Street is its own entity it's more child focused and things like that yeah I mean Muppets are still Muppet based and still for children but you know it's more family friendly like adult haha can joke about it too but Mm -hmm. they're they're all the same family I would say they're more like cousins brother than sister ish maybe Mm -hmm. but um they're in the same realm. Jim Henson was kind of the the origins of these creatures that create... He didn't create Sesame Street. He created the puppets in Sesame
1: Street. Gotcha. Okay.
0: The Muppet Show is all of his own character and whatnot. And that also connects to... When you go into Sesame Street, that love that I have for these adorable little puppets that I just I am mean, obsessed <laughs> with there also ties know. into Muppets. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have to this day i don't care if it's a sesame street character or a muppet show character if i meet a muppet in real life i will cry particularly if it's ernie i will absolutely cry (laughs) because ernie is like my childhood like little who's was my favorite Mm -hmm. um i don't know oscar the grouch is pretty great but then any of the muppets like oh gosh yeah sesame street is just a great starting point too and it kind of Mm-hmm. catapults you into the Muppet stratosphere really because yeah. you still have that that childhood connection but then we're talking about just other types of humor as well as the Muppets or I wouldn't call them edgy yeah um, but I would call them a little bit different I mean then you have the whole realm of
1: no they do for sure like I w- Actually, a couple days ago, we watched the first ever Muppets episode. And it starts off with, like, a scene of a Muppet dancing with a woman. And the woman is, like, taking the Muppet's hand and throwing it on her ass. And she's, like, dancing around (laughs) and, like, throwing this Muppet around. I'm like, okay, that's something you don't see in Sesame Street. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: cool. That's the thing, too, is when I watched the documentary about Sesame Street and the Muppet show, Jim Henson specifically wanted a kind of a raunchy puppet show. He actually got his start in Saturday Night Live. Okay. So there were skits that were Muppet skits on SNL for a hot minute, but oh, the wow. SNL character, the SNL, um, actors did not like it. They were like, it's taking screen time, blah, blah, blah. Got you. Okay. Um, so they were trying to do their own Muppet version of it, mm-hmm. and then it just didn't really hit, and then they kind of revamped some stuff. So when it comes to... A Muppet, that really just refers to, like, the Muppet show. Mm -hmm. But technically, the puppets on Sesame Street are Muppets Mm because they're owned and created by the Jim Henson network. So uh, Jim Henson and Frank Oz are the two main. Uh, Frank Oz was uh, Bert, Miss Piggy, uh, Fozzie Bear. Uh, Jim Henson was Kermit the Frog, Ernie... The one person that's played Gonzo has played it the entire time. He yeah. still plays it. I'm blanking that's on his so name. Wild. He's he's one of the only actors that actually is the original one left. I mean, Jim Henson obviously passed away. Frank Oz has passed away. But mm-hmm. um, other puppeteers. I know Elmo has been passed around for a couple of times. But uh, usually you have that character for a very long time.
1: And it becomes
0: kind of your entity.
1: Goals, is that familiar? Yeah.
0: Okay. So that guy has the original and only Gonzo he's old. that's ever existed. So he's got to train someone good.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah. Wow. So I mean, and the Muppets have their own kind of group. We're talking Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear, uh, Miss Piggy. All those kind of people are all kind of essentially Muppets. And
1: um, do you see them as your friends?
0: I I feel like you 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 get you relate to them and you love them and you think they're funny as characters yeah and then you go into kind of the movies and
1: <laughs> deviates from that it's I it's almost just like a
0: they're just so delightful gotcha and a mixture of wholesome innocence but also like just silly mm-hmm. they're just silly uh, yeah, I rewatched sure. an old episode that had Harry Belafonte. Who's that? Uh, he's the one that does the banana song. Daylight and we won't go. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He's so, so, new, he's so, new. so I'm sure he sings other songs, but that's what he's most known for. Um, but you. what was amazing was back then, like here's this, you know, person of color singer or whatever. Yeah, he had, and that song was fucking famous. Like yeah. the banana song is like Absolutely. the banana song. Um, and it was famous then. He goes on the Muppet Show. And he sings that song, and Fozzie Bear like runs out. He's being a goober because he's Fozzie Bear. Yeah, and he's like, oh, like you're you're doing great. Like this is awesome. And he's like, yeah, this is my first time singing this song on TV. Oh, and my Fozzie Bear is like, what? you this is the first time. What? And uh, he's like, yeah, <laughs> like, like this song? is a very special moment. I'm singing this on TV for the first time, and. Fozzie Bear's like, oh, we're going to make this really good, guys. And then, like, obviously, uh, like, because they're Muppets, like, the chaos like, ensues. Absolutely. So, he's he, – Fozzie Bear is now the tally man counting the bananas. But the the, the, the <laughs> background, so people are, like, singing and stuff. But the guy that's bringing the fruit never brings
1: bananas. Oh, everything but? <laughs> so, he, what? like,
0: first comes and, like, Harry is like, singing and, like, obviously cracking up. Because he's yeah. trying not to laugh. But this, like, guy comes up. And he's singing the song, Minding Knows Business, and then in the front foreground is this guy carrying a bunch
1: of onions. Oh my gosh. And I know I've seen this scene. Yeah, I feel like I've got to have seen it. Fozzie's like, scene. What, what are
0: you doing? Let, no, bananas. Bring bring bananas. I'm sorry. He like runs off and he's still singing, and he comes back and he brings eggplants. He's like, no, no, bananas. He's like, bring bananas. like the third round, he brings a bunch of pineapples, and then Fozzie Bear like takes his hat and just starts hitting him. He was like, No, what's wrong with you? But like eventually they get it right. But it's just, just a simple, like, random hilarity, and just it's timeless. I think the the craft behind it and just the the attention to detail, mm-hmm. the cr- the creature basing and the the, cre- the the character building that comes into it is just so lovely and. Yeah. It, Especially in today's days of CGI, Mm -hmm. I get very nostalgic for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, of course, all the lovely things that go in, like, the wholesome parts of it. But just...
1: There's There's something organic, I guess. Something so lovely
0: about watching a movie and being like, that is a real piece of prop. Somebody Mm -hmm. made that thing yeah. or a creature or a set it's and then I mean, not so only... dark
1: crystals was the fantasy version mm-hmm. um that kind of reminds me of uh i think my first introduction to fantasy was actually close to around sixth grade uh fifth grade i guess when lord of the rings came out mm-hmm. and that also introduced so my, my parents were like very strict about like we are only watching like Disney films, G-rated shows, PG-rated Same. shows. Uh, however, if something <laughs> if something had a Christian message, uh, we were allowed to watch it. AK like Chronicles of Narnia, we were allowed to watch. Uh, J.R. Tolkien was a Christian writer, therefore we were allowed to um, watch Lord of the Rings, even oh. though it was a violent film. And it had um, some magical, I guess, qualities to it because it was by a Christian writer. We allowed to watch it. It was life changing, one, in that I was like, I really, really love the idea of a world existing, not on this earth, and somewhere like somewhere that I couldn't even comprehend. Also, just the idea of, I remember that was like my first. On screen crush, I guess that was human um, ish, Elijah Wood, uh, hairy oh, toes, hairy toes and all. I loved Hobbits. I thought they were all so <laughs> cute. I don't even know if I knew what cute was. Also, I don't think it was sixth grade. I think it was before sixth grade when this happened, um, where I was just like, I cared deeply about this man on the screen and I don't know why.
0: <laughs> oh, I take it you didn't watch the cartoon.
1: The Hobbit cartoon, or Lord of the Rings cartoon? Mm -hmm. No way. I know it exists. I know it exists. Don't do it. I've seen the VHS. I will refuse to. I'm fine with the movies. Movies are good. So I was naive as a child. I was naive. (laughs) I liked the main characters. I thought Frodo was cute. Elijah Wood is cute. However, with time, I have learned that there's so much more beyond looks. And now... Fuck Frodo. Sam. It's all about Sam. Yeah,
0: Sam is the provider. Sam cooks you potatoes. Sam cares. Yeah. Sam
1: follows you to the ends of the earth.
0: Potatoes. I don't
1: know why I'm talking in an Australian accent.
0: Boil the but... mash them, stick them in stew. Potatoes.
1: <laughs> potatoes. There's something
0: nice about a man that can cook. Mm. But anyway, Sexy my Sam. my favorite. I don't know if this is just telling of my <laughs> issues with men. But I like Pippin. He's my favorite. Pippin was
1: cute. It's Pippin just, to Mary. Yeah, they're
0: just so delightful. Very Pippin, I think, was that's the one I kinda liked. He's, he ends up with Rohan mm-hmm.
1: and fights on
0: the horses and they give him a little pony and like yes. ends up being like badass the, the little end. guy. And like they talk about in the books, they talk about kind of his future and i think he ends up marrying someone that's a little bit taller and they have like giant hobbit children well giant quote unquote like like basically normal sized (laughs) compared to hobbits are supposed to be like four feet tall people don't think that but because the movies throw people off Mm -hmm. but um
1: did you have any um childhood crushes since i embarrassingly admitted that mine was uh frodo
0: Oh, gosh.
1: I mean, so many. I feel like another part of
0: childhood television and movies (laughs) in general is I would like to call some sort of sexual awakening. The sexual awakening. So, I mean, there's always movies that you watch as a kid that you're like, wow. You know, like, of course, Sesame Street, Muppets are so funny. Ha, ha, ha. And then there's the one movie that like, They gave me butterflies. I don't know what that feels like. (laughs) What's going on? And, oh, gosh, I would have to say one of the the earlier ones mm-hmm. was like Disney's Robin Hood Robin Hood as the, the fox. The yes. fox. Yeah, I thought he was he was pretty all right. Something my animals. But I was like, I don't know. Those cool. okay, cool you know. Kids. And then there was um and then there was uh, Grease. Mm-hmm. So when I was in 4th grade, I uh, went on a sleepover. One of my first sleepovers I ever went to, and we all were going to watch a movie. We're in our little sleeping bags and we're watching. And the girl was like, we're going to watch the movie Grease. We're in fourth grade. I don't know if you're familiar with Grease, listeners, but uh, it's a pretty <laughs> raunchy movie, quote unquote. It's it's a little sexual for fourth graders. I wouldn't call it like too sexy. It's still rated PG. But it definitely goes over tones and uh, situations.
1: Oh, John Travolta thrusted his hips a bit. There's bad. a bit
0: of a thrust in, there's some smoking of cigarettes, there's, you know, gangs and what. Anywho, um, watching this movie, and it's a musical, so, you know, singing along, happy stuff. And I think that's what draws the kids in. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's pretty people. and ooh, it's wow. a classic, too. You're in high school with a bunch of 30-year-olds. like Oh, high school my students. gosh. That's but, a
1: different discussion entirely. But, yeah, oh, yeah. just,
0: oh, these adults, so glamorous and whatever. And I remember specifically the moment of Grease Lightning. And all the boys are singing the Grease Lightning song. And they're mm-hmm. singing, dancing on the car. And uh, the, the engine comes down from the sky. And Kenickie... Puts the engine into the car and then lights a cigarette with a fucking flame torch, <laughs> of a
1: lighter.
0: <laughs> I remember just like, oh, oh I like men, gosh. <laughs> and I think that was kind of like the. I always say there's always a moment where you kind of know if you if, which way you, which which side your bread is buttered on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, boys are boys are great. Boys are, boys are cool.
1: great. You know, going back to uh, Robin Hood, I was thinking in how you had, like, a crush on uh, a fox character. I was thinking about that earlier today, and I had, a, like, a kind of a revelation. I was thinking in my head, like, oh, have I had any, like non-human characters that i crush on and yes it is true and it's weird i don't understand why i'm not a furry you're not a furry no however as kids like i really was drawn was attracted to (laughs) this is so embarrassing i promise i'm not into it now but at the time like Balto, the dog wolf, was really cool and, like, sexy, I guess you could say. And uh, so was, like, um, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. And (laughs) I was like, okay, what do the two have in common? And I realized that I just am very drawn to, like, these very loyal but strong creatures. Oh, yeah. Like, sure, like, (laughs) Balto is a wolf, but... He's like a dog on the inside who loves and wants to follow someone. So here's the horse you could ride him all night long and it's great. But he's still a wild stallion on the inside.
0: Alright, so I'm gonna make you feel I'm gonna make you feel better about this. I, I thought about this too. So I thought about my, you know, anthropomorphic. <laughs> Animal loves, which <laughs> would be so Robin Hood. Wild. Um, I don't get it. Max Goof
1: from the Goofy Max movie. Max Goof. <laughs> or especially when Sim- somebody. Wanting... Okay, no, for me, uh, so. The way I know that my bread was buttered on both sides was not max goof, was but it, the girl was in the poet Roxanne? bar, Roxanne, Ooh. I was like, wow, Roxanne's really cool. But in my sense, I like saw, I was like, oh, I don't like know if I want to be like her or if I like want also like Roxanne. Mm. Like that was, that was definitely something that I like oh. couldn't grasp yeah. as a kid. It's it's those... Sasha's still grasping too like even as an adult it's
0: definitely a graspy thing but from what I've I thought about these because people, ultimately, like you were saying, kind of jump to, like, oh, it's an animal. Why am I attracted to this animal?
1: And I think it it's connects on the to the to
0: love language, y'all. Yeah,
1: love language. And also, like, I realize, like, it's truly, <laughs> so it sounds so freaking cliche, but it's, like, it's not looks, guys. It's, like, what's on the inside. And truly, like, whenever we are, like, attracted to these characters, it's because we knew that they had qualities that we really admire and, like, want in a friend. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. A partner. You're talking
0: about, like, loyalty and, like, acts of service and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's a very relatable oh gosh, yeah, desire. Marriage, right. For me, like, I'll use Robin Hood as an example. Mm-hmm. I love, and I still get butterflies. Stick it to the
1: man. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love a rebel.
0: <laughs> but I also get little butterflies where as much as I, you know, I'm drawn to the canicky bad boy, you know, greaser, you know, rebel without a cause kind of jive. But yeah. Robin Hood, the one moment where he's looking at Maid Mary and the little fox girl, and he's Aww. like, I love you more than life itself. <laughs> and he's like looking her dead in the eyes. I was like, oh it was the gosh. ultimate like words of affirmation kind of, I want to hear those verbiage. Like someone telling me that they love me, I'm like, swoon. Like actual verbal things is... Something that I would be absolutely down for. And he the whole movie, he's just, like, telling her how much he, like, loves her and cares about her and everything's great and you're so beautiful. So cute. And I was just like, oh, okay, I, I get it. I that. And then, like, you know, Max Goof is, like, the innocent little goober. He just wants to impress, but also, like, he's just awkward.
1: <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's talk about some, uh, just to close it out, um, we're going to talk about some things that we care about. Uh, they at the, I think at the end of this episode, we want to wrap it up with some things, some charities specifically that we want to bring light to, uh, just for the week. Um, to bring awareness to different social issues, uh, other issues that are going around the world. Um, for me specifically, I want to bring attention to Aramigente is for helping families in San Antonio specifically, uh distributing funds and also providing um, resources for families in San Antonio that, that are affected by uh, the most recent uh, winter storm. Also families that are dealing with uh, the threat of like deportation. Uh, they are a great um, foundation to support uh, in the last three weeks uh, as of um, March, 12th, is when we're recording this, they have donated, distributed $113,570 to 876 families, which is so awesome. Uh, yeah, so they a lot of those funds came from the people of San Antonio. I know you guys are from San Antonio. I am from San Antonio, but just know that uh, if you want to bring some love to my city, to the home of Mono Ginobili, Tony Parker, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah! oh my gosh. The lot uh, Tim Duncan. Uh if you want to support those homies emass uh, you can uh, donate some funds to parami gente. Uh, their Instagram is uh, para P A R A dot M I underscore gente G E N T E. Uh they have a little link tree where you can access uh Links to their, I believe, donation accounts on uh, Venmo, also uh, another mutual aid Cash App fund. Uh, so check them out, uh, yeah. Megan. What's what's your charity of the
0: week? Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, since we talked about a lot about our childhood, you know, moments, uh, I was thinking about um, different children's type needs and yeah. the first thing that came to my mind was uh saint jude's children's hospital and uh, they specialize in uh, basically childhood cancers so they're a hospital if you're not familiar with it um i believe they're located in many locations but they're a research hospital that specializes in different types of children's cancers leukemias yeah l- all the childhood illnesses that no kid should ever have to go through and um they always have donations going on, either monthly, one-time donations, and it goes directly to children, and um, it's it helps them not only live, you know, better lives, but get through some of the hardest points, and it also helps families and parents. I mean, a lot of these kids aren't, you know, there's other children that are involved as well, like siblings, yeah. so, you know, having any kind of help is always always special and you know no one should go through cancer let alone a young child so if any kind of help is always kind of special and it's something that you see a lot too, correlating to Sesame Street and Muppet Show kind of things <laughs> is it ends up being there's always a special moment where you kind of see a child interacting with a a Muppet of sorts. And sometimes they're either special needs or have an illness and something that just kind of like that ultimate light that comes into their eyes. When you see that character, it's, it, it's sometimes life changing or something's a moment that they, they will never forget and never yeah. have again. Cause sometimes their lives are so short. So I felt it kind of was an important tie into being like, you know, a lot of stuff's going on right now too. And, Kids right now are, you know, just as vulnerable, and just as everyone's, you know, worried about, you know, the elderly with COVID. Kids out there are just as vulnerable too, yeah. and you know, this is our future. This is our generation that we need to protect. So, these poor little kiddos deserve just as much happiness as we do.
1: So awesome, cool. Thank you, Megs. Uh, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for our first episode of Talking in Tangents. I'm I know we went off on many tangents, and that's perfectly okay. That's what this is for.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're, um, I'm really excited to, to do more episodes. I mean, this one's kind of a, a, a mishmash of, of things everything. that we care about and everything. I mean, some of them, most of them will be like that. But um, I, I think we have some pretty cool topics coming into play. We're going to talk about fun stuff, serious stuff, all sorts of things um, I'm hoping to get some guests on here soon. Yeah, for sure. I have a few friends lined up that I think will be super fun to talk about and talk to. I want to highlight, um, all sorts of people, local and otherwise, men, women, you know, people of color, all sorts of cool stuff, creators, advocates, anything. Um, so we're just here to kind of talk and, relax and hang out and do the thing and yes. i already have an idea of what our next episode should be hey cool like it'll be
1: good well we will talk to you next time thanks for listening to talking tangents with brit and megan talk to you next time bye y'all bye